It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. It's Monday, August 31st, and thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks so much also to some of the patrons of the program, like Dennis and Terrence and Rebecca and Taylor, Yuri and Keith and David and Patty. I appreciate the support. I could not do the show without you guys. Um, so, as expected, I guess, the violence is escalating. There are a lot of people, it seems, welcoming the violence. They're pretending, I guess, to be some sort of, a, I don't know, starring role in a, uh, in a revolution or counter-revolution cosplay. And uh, this is where we are as a society because violence begets violence. <clears throat> and when you have people that refuse to enforce the law, which is really the only thing that prevents the society from descending and spiraling into uh tribal warfare and uh, vengeance killings and such uh it's the law this is the invention of the western civilization right this is the thing that makes us a peaceful society by and large the rule of law the understanding that we have a set of rules and we all should follow them and if we don't follow them there are repercussions we don't get to participate in the society if we are not following the rules and there is a very large portion of our citizenry, apparently, that has rejected this contract. What else am I to discern? Uh, we have people who are in actual positions of law enforcement that have rejected this contract. Uh, Asheville has a good example with our sheriff. who refuses to work with Immigration Customs Enforcement, ICE. Right? I mean, this is, that, that's, that's an example of this kind of breakdown in rule of law. Uh, Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, sheriff does the same thing. I think uh, the sheriff out of Durham, same deal. Uh, maybe even Wake County, I'm drawing a blank. There are so many of them now in North Carolina. So many sheriffs, all Democrats, that refuse to cooperate with ICE. Again, I, I'm, I'm not going to rehash that whole argument. I have gone over that enough times to to prove the, uh, the foolhardiness, let's say, of the position, but it's a political position. It's meant to secure power through votes. It's also indicative of a, uh, a deterioration in this idea that we are all supposed to play by the rules, and if we play by the rules and we work hard, we'll get ahead. And that is being rejected. Both of those premises are being rejected, that if you play by the rules, people aren't playing by the rules anymore. Right? One of the rules is that you don't get to amass a crowd in the town square and burn it down for some nebulous explanation of justice for somebody that lives in a completely different jurisdiction that has no control and no ramifications whatsoever on your local justice system. Okay, like that idea that you're going to burn down your town because someone else needs justice a thousand miles away is absurd. It's just rationalization. It's an excuse that's being used. Um, that's not to say that police reforms aren't needed in certain respects. I agree. And I've been talking about that for years, but none of that matters anymore. It really none of it matters. Like if you think <clears throat> that police reform is now going to be uh, the issue 
that people get asked about any longer? You're kidding yourself. You've moved beyond that. You forced us to move beyond that because I've been doing interviews for the last, what, two months or so with police reform activists and such and experts on policy, uh, with police officers, with Rondell Lance, the Fraternal Order of Police president. None of that's going to matter. That's not going to be a topic any longer, though, because now the topic is about uh, violence. It's about destruction. And that's the point, by the way. I'm under no illusions as to who we're fighting here. And I do include myself because I am I am a supporter of the premise, the principles upon which the nation was founded. And so I am a supporter of that. And people who are collectivists, who are Marxists, they are my adversaries. They know that. I do, too. Now, there are a lot of people that want to pretend otherwise that that isn't the, quote, great debate. And the debate only lasts as a debate as long as everybody is willing to what? Agree to the contract, the societal contract that, uh, you know, if you play by the rules and you work hard, then you'll be successful. You'll, quote, get ahead, right? That that's the way to engage in a civilized society. But once people on either side start uh, abandoning these principles, then the contract really isn't worth anything. And that's where we're heading. And there are a lot of people that believe they're the starring actor in this revolutionary play and that they're going to survive, right? They'll be fine. They'll come out of this, no problem, because they'll just, you know, they'll dress up in their black block and they'll go throw some fireworks at some cops who will have, you know, be, be hamstrung in responding. But at some point, you can't advocate for the complete destruction of the rule of law and then expect others to follow the rules of law. They go away. And once that happens, if you think that you're the ones that are going to emerge victorious, are you aware that the people that you're fighting, they're better armed and they're actually trained, right? They, they're armed and they are trained. And the only reason they haven't murdered every single one of you is because of the rule of law. They still adhere to it. So you use the rule of law even as you seek to destroy it. And at some point, people quit playing by those rules. I don't know when that point is, and I don't want that point to come. But I suspect there are a lot of people that are interested in ushering in that era. And it's going to be disastrous. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. So what happened over the weekend in Portland? This was, uh, well, it started with, well, it started actually 90-something days ago. When Antifa, who I'm told by the left doesn't exist, Antifa began protesting and began laying siege to that city and the courthouse. And somehow or another, because uh, it was a federal courthouse and federal police were then summoned to defend the property. Uh, now this has been turned into Donald Trump's uh, problem. He's the he's the reason why Antifa has been protesting. This is again a it's an excuse, it's gaslighting, it's it's a lie. Okay? It's a lie. They're not protesting against Donald Trump because the BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement, began under Obama. Antifa has been around before Donald Trump. What the difference is now, aside from the fact that you've got everybody uh quarantined, going crazy, and this is like the only socially acceptable way to mass gather any longer. And you get people that now no longer have employment. They don't have to go to work. They've been getting unemployment benefits. Um, you have this sort of sanctioned violence that occurs against the right. Against, and if it's in the name of being against Trump, there's a lot of stuff you can get away with. 
We've been watching it for the last five years, right? Remember where it started? Here you go. Let, let's take a walk down memory lane, shall we? Just just real briefly. Here we go. This is, well, you'll know who she is. She's a congresswoman from California. We want it done now. We're going to insist on it. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who sang, no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. Mm. On the side of the children, on the side of what's right, on the side of what's honorable, on the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Anymore, anywhere. Whip up a mob against Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Chase her out of a restaurant, right? Ted Cruz and his wife chased them out of a restaurant. Rand Paul and his wife chased them down the street after the Republican convention. Right? The, the tactic has not changed. This is an acceptable tactic among the left and the media, but I repeat myself, they don't, they don't cover this in any kind of a critical fashion. This weekend, there were protests in Raleigh. There's a protest in Raleigh. There were protests all over the place. This is the never-ending protests, uh, and we're told that they can only go away if we vote for Joe Biden, right? That's the only way this will go away. Um, and I don't believe them, first of all. Second of all, even if it's true... Screw you. Seriously, screw you. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden in order to make you stop destroying things. That's extortion. I'm not going to give into extortion. Right? That's it's wrong. And it only emboldens and empowers the people that are doing the extortion or the extorting. So, uh yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I've been thinking about this also like I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I've, I, am, I find the man to be vulgar and repugnant. I always have. I don't think he has much ethics. I've been a big critic of his for years. And um, I, you know, I recognize when he does things in uh, the Oval Office as president, if he does stuff that I tend to agree with, then I, I tend to uh, say that was a good thing that he did. And if he does something I don't agree with, I'll still criticize that. But when it comes down to voting, I've never voted for a mainstream or not mainstream, but I, I've never voted for either of the two parties candidates, Republican or Democrats, either of the two major party candidates for president ever in my life ever. And I am now considering like seriously considering voting for Donald Trump just as a vote against this left wing violence machine. And I because I know no other way to register my disapproval of it before it's too late seriously now and so and so what's the deal then if trump wins re-election again 
um, or if he won, if he wins re-election, then uh, what we get more violence. That's the promise from the left, and we have DAs and uh, other law enforcement and, and elected officials that are refusing to enforce the laws. At what point do you expect folks on the other side of this debate to continue or to cease recognizing your legal authority? Right. Because it's like fiat currency, folks. It really is fiat currency. Right. It's the idea that currency has value and it's based on faith, F- full faith and credit of the you know Federal Reserve. Right. That's that's what fiat currency is. It doesn't have any uh, intrinsic value. It's just a piece of paper. But there's faith that there is value and that it will have purchasing power, that bartering power that you can use to get something else in exchange for it. And when the. Uh, faith is lost in the currency, then the currency has no value, right? Same thing with this contract between uh, citizens and their government. When it becomes obvious that the government is no longer able or willing to protect its citizens under a uniform rule of law, then it's done. It's done. And maybe we're already there. Maybe we passed the point. God help us if we have. The like, I, I don't know any other way at this point, uh, to avoid what I see as impending doom, uh, except except to have a, a an amicable divorce. Seriously, like, we're, guys, we're done. If this is where we're at, that you're burning and looting cities, and then justifying it, and um, and saying that it's okay, it's a it, this is a, a totally okay form of protest. And there are people making that argument, by the way. Um, then I don't want to live in a society with you. You're not you're not able to live in a civilized society, right? Because you're not adhering to the contract. So over the weekend in Portland, we had a, an assassination of a Trump supporter. A uh, this guy was part of the Patriot Prayer. So the, this group uh, did a a motorcade, and you've probably seen stuff like this: these boat parades that have been going on for Trump. I think they actually set a Guinness record a couple of weeks ago for the largest boat parade. And they've been doing it all over the uh, uh, the country. And they did one into Portland. And this is this was viewed by a lot of the media as antagonistic. How dare these people drive through Portland? Don't you know what's going to happen if you Trump supporters drive through Portland? And like that's what like so what 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 should they expect? So you're saying that if someone has a Trump flag on their car, they can't drive into a city that's controlled by Antifa? Who's in charge then? It's not the rule of law. It's not the elected officials. It's not the police department, is it? That city is now controlled by Antifa. Whether you guys acknowledge it or not, I don't care. It is, right? It is. If that And, and look what happened. On the way into this, uh, in their caravan, on the way into town, you had protests or Antifa, you had leftists throwing rocks from overpasses onto the vehicles down below. And that's attempted murder, right? You're trying to kill people by doing that, trying to cause massive pileups on interstates, uh, trying to uh, hopefully, you know, hit the rock through the window and kill somebody. Like that happens from time to time around the country. You know, some kids throw it off the uh, off a bridge, throw a rock off a bridge or uh, you know, some insane person throws rocks off of bridges and and kills people. And so that's what they were attempting to do as well. Now, the Trump folks, the the 
the caravan people, they armed themselves with paintball guns and pepper spray. And so they would spray and shoot at their uh, adversaries that came after them. Right? So what I mean. There are a lot of people that seem to be very interested in making this violent, wanting it to turn violent. And over the weekend, it did. After the parade was over, after the drive was over, two of these guys uh, from the caravan were walking down the street, and you can hear somebody yell out, we got a couple of them here, here's some Trumpers, and one of the Antifa people shoots the guy, shoots the Trump guy in the chest, kills him. And so now, all of a sudden, uh, oh my gosh, we need to put this Antifa genie back in the bottle. Yeah, not going to happen. It's too late. You gave them control of your city, guys. And by the way, they are traveling. At some point, you know, people are losing faith in the justice system at all levels. But what is the purpose of having a justice system if it's unable to track and trace the financing of this operation? Because it is obviously financed. It's clearly financed. I've got evidence of that in the stack of stuff to cover today. First, let me cover this. If you're looking for coverage against uh, bacteria and viruses and you want to get rid of mold and mildew and fungus, uh, then the Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant is what you need. It is at General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. That's your source to get the Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant, safer kids and pets, and food contact surfaces. It uses an all-in-one hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant, sanitizer, and deodorizer, and it kills 99.9% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including coronavirus. You don't have to rinse it afterwards. It's non-toxic, hypoallergenic, odorless, colorless, 100% biodegradable. You just roll the thing around. It's like the size of a shop vac. It's cordless, and you just spray everything down, and then you're good. Everything's sanitized for up to 10 days, and you just just have to spot clean the high-traffic areas. The Karcher Mister at General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. It's at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Go to generalrents.com, generalrents.com, and generalrents.com slash Pete, and you'll get... uh, two free cloth face coverings, all right? General equipment rental in Weaverville. Think outside your toolbox. All right, so the Oregonian has a story on this by Maxine Bernstein. A 48-year-old man who was accused of carrying a loaded gun at an earlier downtown Portland protest is now under investigation in the fatal shooting Saturday night of a right-wing demonstrator. You notice that? You notice the way the, the, the Trump guy gets labeled as a right-wing demonstrator, but the guy who shot him, who on his website, sorry, allegedly shot him, and on his Facebook page proudly proclaims himself to be Antifa. He doesn't get any kind of a label. No, no, he's just a 48-year-old man who's accused of carrying a loaded gun in Portland like a month and a half ago. It got arrested for it. And then got let go for it. And now he's accused of murdering a guy in the street. Um, But I guess he was a right-wing demonstrator after a pro-Trump rally. Michael Forrest Reinol. Reinol? 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 Sounds German. Um, Calls himself an anti-fascist and has posted videos. You see that? So he just gets the... Calls himself an anti-fascist. Meanwhile, the other fella who's dead, he gets just labeled as a right-wing demonstrator. See, this is the way the media 
creates um, identities for people. Here's a really good and easy example of it. You ever watch the television news and they have somebody like they're going to go you know, talk to someone like, hey, uh, Joe Smith, uh, can you tell us what happened? And then they show Joe Smith and Joe Smith is saying like, oh, my gosh, it sounded like a freight train. Right. And then what does it say underneath? It'll say something like, you know, witness, neighbor, whatever. Like that's how they identify people. They create a label. And that's what the media did. This reporter did in this story. One guy gets labeled as the right wing demonstrator. The other is defined as he calls himself an anti-fascist. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it all okay. So he was obviously fighting fascism, right? He calls himself an anti-fascist. These are the lies that media tell in service to a larger narrative. It's just disgusting and grotesque. Um, He posted videos and photos of demonstrations that he attended since late June. This is the shooter accompanied by the hashtags Black Lives Matter, A New Nation, and Breonna Taylor. He also gave a video interview with Bloomberg Quick Take News. And he described himself in that interview. They were there for the protests and the demonstrations and the violence and all that. And he apparently got interviewed by Bloomberg and he called himself a professional snowboarder and contractor who has former military experience, but that he, quote, hated his time in the army. He killed, allegedly, Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the conservative group Patriot Prayer, who was shot in the chest and died in the street. It was soon after most cars in a caravan of supporters of President Donald Trump had left the city's downtown streets. Reinhold's posts indicate he attended many protests in Portland uh, that began three months ago after the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis under the knee of a police officer. On July 5th, at one of the demonstrations, Reinhold was cited a little after 2 a.m. on allegations of possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest, and interfering with police. He was given a date to appear in court later that month, but the allegations were dropped on July 30th with a no complaint, according to court records. The documents don't indicate why prosecutors decided not to pursue the accusations, and he spent no time behind bars. The district attorney in that county, Multnomah, I never know how to pronounce this place. Um, The DA there is named Mike Schmidt. He took office on August 1st and quickly announced that he would not pursue low-level charges against demonstrators, such as interfering with police or resisting arrest. He wasn't DA when the office handled Reinhold's gun case. Is that really true, though? This is from redstate.com. No charges were filed by DA Mike Schmidt, and the case was dismissed July 30th with a no complaint, which I interpret to mean the DA's office did not file a criminal complaint in response to the arrest uh, supported by probable cause. The Oregonian obtained a statement from a spokesman for the DA's office claiming that the July case against Rhino was still under review. Mr. Danielson's family, I'm sure, will be glad to know that. That's the victim here. Good, good, you're still reviewing that old case. Meanwhile, he's still dead. This is the same DA Mike Schmidt who announced publicly on August 11th that his office would presumptively decline to prosecute cases where the most serious offense is a city ordinance violation or where the crimes do not involve deliberate property damage, theft, 
or the use of threat or force, uh, threat of force against another person. It's being reported that Schmidt took office on August 1st, after the Reinhold's gun case was handled. But that's not really true. Reinhold was elected to the uh, position, okay, that's not accurate, that's, uh, Schmidt was elected to the position on May 19th, running as a progressive candidate who promised to end cash bail and hire a dedicated hate crimes prosecutor. Even though he had previously been a prosecutor in that office, the union that represents the 75 deputy prosecutors endorsed his opponent. After Schmidt's victory and recognizing the changes he was promising to the office, his predecessor resigned June 16th, two weeks after rioting had started in downtown Portland and six weeks before Schmidt was scheduled to take office. Oregon Governor Kate Brown swore Schmidt into office early. He took over July 7th. This was two days after Reinhold's arrest, more than three weeks before the matter was dismissed by his office. So this is all on that DA, right? The fact that this guy who committed the murder was arrested on a gun charge and had it basically dropped a few weeks ago, is what I said. When, when people who are tasked with enforcing the law refuse to do so, we all are getting the message, guys. We're all getting the message. Coming through loud and clear. You're not going to enforce the law. And so why would I follow it? Why would I? Why would I follow the law if it's going to get me killed? If it's going to put me at a disadvantage, why would I follow the law? Because the only, I mean, there are a lot of laws I don't like following. If we're going to get to pick and choose which laws we follow and without having to risk arrest, like by what authority now do you have? You've abdicated your authority because you're choosing to behave in the manner you're choosing, so you've abdicated that authority. Why should I listen to anything you have to say? Oh, because you have guns? Is that the idea? So so now it's just might makes right, and whoever has the weaponry, they they uh, they have the uh, the controlling argument. They they win the persuasion argument because they have firepower. Is that how that works then? Right? Isn't that Somalia? That's no longer the rule of law. And by the way, the left is perfectly happy with this because they think they're going to win it. They think they'll be the ones that emerge. And there are people on the right that are welcoming this too because they think they're going to emerge. I think it's just going to lead to a lot of death and destruction. A lot of pain, unnecessarily so. I don't know what happens to these cities. I don't know who would want to live there. I mean, there are people fleeing the cities, literally fleeing the cities now, trying to get out uh, COVID-related, obviously, but also violence-related. By the way, if you are looking to get out of the city, then uh, you need to sell your house to somebody who wants to get into that sort of situation, and you can call Rowena Patton, and she'll get your house sold fast and for more money. She also helps people buy homes. Her all-star powerhouse team, they're fantastic. The phone number is 333-4483. The website is mountainhomehunt.com. Christy and I are using Rowena Patton and her team to uh, look for our house we're looking to buy. And I've had some good realtors, and I've had some really bad realtors in my life. And she and her team are good ones. Put them to work for you, buying or selling. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. So Michael Reinel has been estranged from his family, including his sister, the parents, and a younger brother, for at least three years, according to his sister. Uh, On the one hand, she says this whole thing surprises the daylights out of us because we always thought he's a lot of bark, not a lot of bite, but he's also been very impulsive and irrational. 
Reinel was uh, has stolen their mom's seizure medication, owes a lot of debt, often giving his relatives addresses as his own in order to avoid responsibility. She says he has a son and a daughter and has split from their mom. He is also wanted on a failure to appeal uh, failure to appear warrant from a June 8th speed racing case in Baker County in eastern Oregon. He and his 17-year-old son were racing in two different cars at speeds of up to 111 miles an hour heading east on I-84. Michael Reinel faces allegations including driving under the influence of a controlled substance, recklessly endangering another, unlawful possession of a gun, and driving while suspended and uninsured. He was stopped driving a Cadillac with his 11-year-old daughter as a passenger, police say. Inside the car, they found weed, unidentified prescription pills, and a loaded Glock for which he did not have a concealed handgun license. We like to call these things red flags, right? Why is it always after the fact that it's like, oh, you know what, I I didn't, this is kind of surprising. I thought he might do something like that, but I didn't think he really would. But now that he did it, it's like, yeah, I can kind of see how he would be the guy to do that. Um... Shortly after this arrest, he began posting about the protests in Portland. He said, every revolution needs people that are willing and ready to fight. There are so many of us protesters that are just protesting without a clue of where that will lead. That's just the beginning. That's the uh, uh, that's where the fight starts. If that's as far as you can take it, thank you for your participation. But please stand aside and support the ones that are willing to fight. I am 100% Antifa all the way. I am willing to fight for my brothers and sisters. We do not want violence, but we will not run from it either. Today's protesters and Antifa are my brothers in arms. He's 100% Antifa, which I was told doesn't exist. So, I don't know, maybe we can get some of our firefighting, beach storming uh, media folks to... To, to clarify that, because, again, they told me that Antifa really didn't exist. If you were against fascism, then you're Antifa, and that's it. It's really just like they're not even connected, they're not organized, anything like that. In the early hours of July 5th, during the start of the violent clashes outside of the federal courthouse in Portland, Reinel was cited for possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest, and interfering with police. He was photographed at the time fighting cops while on the ground. A gun laid next to him. He was cited, released, and spent no time in the county jail. Like for the majority of those arrested at riots, local prosecutors did not pursue the charges. This is by Andy No. He uh, writes at the Post Millennial. And he was a participant, the victim was a participant in the Trump 2020 car caravan that drove in and around Portland and was an associate of Portland area conservative group named Patriot Prayer. When part of the caravan arrived in downtown, Antifa rioters confronted the drivers by throwing rocks, eggs, and other projectiles. In response, pro-Trump drivers and passengers were seen shooting them with paintballs and spraying them with pepper spray. Some rioters tried to physically block cars from driving in the road using their bodies or other barriers. Right, so, um, in other words, you're not allowed in our city. That's what they're saying. You're not, and by the way, Antifa's been pulling this black block crap for years, and nobody's cared about it, even though I find it to be, frankly, terrifying that you've got masked uh, soldiers 
that are taking over parts of a downtown in a major city in America and law enforcement and elected leadership allow them to do it. And they harass people, they stop cars, they reroute and redirect traffic as if they're in control. And I guess they are. I guess they are. And this is what Andy No has been trying to alert the rest of the country to for years. And he just gets attacked and criticized for it. He's been telling us who these people are. I've been paying attention. Now, maybe a lot of folks in media haven't, but I have. Live stream video recorded soon after the shooting on Saturday shows Antifa black bloc militants outside the Justice Center celebrating Danielson's death by dancing and cheering. Some Antifa accounts on Twitter had earlier wrongly claimed that a fascist had killed one of their black bloc comrades uh, or a black member of their uh, uh, community. Um... But no, no, when they found out it was actually a Trump supporter, they celebrated he was a bleeping Nazi. Our community held its own and took out the trash, uh, shouted a woman on a bullhorn. The crowd cheered in response. Now, who is Patriot Prayer? It's led by an activist named Joey Gibson. This group, members of this group, have spent three summers now brawling with local Antifa although the Portland Tribune calls them anti-fascists. It is amazing how they get all the deference in the world. What, do you, what would you like to be called? Oh, okay, we'll call you that. So this is they, these groups have a history against one another, the Patriot Prayer folks. So um, this wasn't simply, oh, a bunch of Trump supporters with MAGA hats that don't you know engage in any kind of demonstrating or anything like that. I mean, there were some of them there, no doubt, but the Patriot Prayer folks and these two guys that were attacked uh, on Saturday night were part of the Patriot Prayer. And they actually were uh, recorded and gave an interview while they were staging in a parking lot before they left to be part of the caravan. There was a fellow that was with the victim, um, and his name is Chandler Pappas. Chandler Pappas, who is part of this, and a leader in the Patriot Prayer group. And he told uh, in this, he said to this interviewer that he and the now victim, Aaron Danielson, they were going to provide security for the caravan. And what we now know is that security meant paintball guns and pepper spray. Now, uh, the video does not show anything like that. It shows two guys just being confronted with somebody screaming, hey, there's a Trumper, there's a Trumper, and then boom, boom, and he's dead, and that's it. In fact, here is Chandler Pappas. Uh, this is from a YouTube channel called The Common Sense Conservative. Pappas gave uh, an interview to some members of the media. I don't know whom, but this is where I found it today, The Common Sense Conservative YouTube channel. What happened last night? A lot of things happened last night. A lot of people came out to express themselves, express their beliefs. We have a First Amendment in this country. We have a First Amendment that protects our natural right. And for whatever reason, there seems to be this opposition that thinks we can't do that. And they have been attacking us for years, really for decades in the grand scheme, but very heavily in Portland, especially for the last 95 days. Uh, last night, it escalated to the point that uh, 
they executed my partner. They hunted him down. They hunted us down. They recognized our Patriot Prayer hats. For anybody who doesn't know Patriot Prayer, Joey Gibson, the citizen's advocate, he's a good man. We support him. He's a Christian and conservative. Um, so they identified our hats. We've got a couple of them right here. We've got a couple of them right here. Pull it out. Pull it out. And, uh, Is that what they said? That's what they said. We turned around. I didn't even, it didn't even register that somebody was pointing a gun at us until the shots went off and took off running. The and shooter took off running. The shooter took off running. And, uh, you, you know, you did, it takes a second for you to process everything that happened. You know, he's, did he just shoot at me? Okay. I'm okay. Turn over. And Jay's dead. Because he believes something different than them. Jay's not a racist. He's not a xenophobe or whatever label. He's not an ist or an ism. He's an independent man. And he's a good man. And he didn't do anything to earn a bullet in the chest. If you could ask anything right now, Donald Trump, what would it be? Send troops. Send troops. Arrest these Portland is as corrupt as any place you've ever seen, any place you've ever heard about in the movies. I have a friend sitting right behind me here who's uh, is being charged currently with a felony riot while the DA is letting all these actual rioters out on the street. He was just out there waving an American flag. It's been charges pending for, what, two years? But somebody who's throwing explosive devices at the police, somebody, when I went to the hospital, and I, I met a Homeland Security officer who was there because his buddy had caught a mortar round in the chest and burned right through his uniform. He got third-degree burns all over his burns all over his torso. Those people are being let go, while Christians and conservatives and anybody who isn't whatever their Hitler-esque idea of a perfect world is is being chastised and being hunted. Do you think that message resonates among a lot of Americans today? I do. I, I can see the the appeal of that message. How do you de-escalate this? This is the problem with the cycle of violence. These people have been now engaged in this for so many cycles. How, how do you how do you break that? And when you have the people that are supposed to be trying to break it, unable or unwilling to do so, law enforcement and elected officials that run these cities, how do you think this ends? There are a lot of people playing with really dangerous fire on all this stuff. By the way, now more than ever, you probably want to go and visit Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. He's got an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies, from scrapes to gunshot wounds. Step-by-step instructions anybody can follow and avoid a trip to a hospital. Body armor, all kinds, made to NATO specs. These are for in-store or over-the-phone purchasing only. He has face masks that are made locally by a disabled veteran family out of military parachutes. They're pretty cool. They're lightweight. They're really soft. Uh, and he has some of the old uh, steel gas cans, the pre-ban ones before the government outlawed the gas can, the good ones, you know, plus tons of real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Uh, old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Joey Gibson, 
who is the uh, uh, the leader of the Patriot Prayer conservative Christian group that has been uh, fighting with Antifa now for three years, according to the Portland Tribune. Joey Gibson apparently went to the scene of that shooting, and he got confronted by an angry crowd who chased him to a nearby gas station. Uh, he says, all I can do, uh, he told the AP, he said, I can't say much right now. All I can do is verify that he was a good friend and a supporter of the Patriot Prayer movement. At the Clackamas Mall parking lot, serving as a staging ground for the Trump 2020 car parade, uh, Pappas, who you heard the audio from, indicated to the Portland Tribune that he and his associate were there to perform security services, although it's not clear if they were invited or if, as is common among protests like this, they simply volunteered. Organizers had called for participants to not openly carry firearms during the Trump event. Quote, I am here to stop people from assaulting these people, Pappas said, referring to the Trump caravan. Is it anyone? So, by the way, when this happened over the weekend, what was the response? On social media from the left, it was an equivalence to what happened in Kenosha, where the 17-year-old who was being chased down a street and attacked multiple times, once with a skateboard and once by somebody who pulled a gun on him, and he shot them and killed two of the three people he shot, all of whom were attacking him. They attempt to equate the two shootings as if one wasn't simply walk up to somebody and blow a hole in his chest, and the other wasn't, hey, we're going to chase this kid down the street and beat him to death or murder him with his own gun. Right? Because that, that was the, those are the key differences between the two events. But there is a false equivalence going on. That, oh, well, you guys were saying self-defense in Kenosha, so, you know, self-defense here too. Like, it's completely unhinged, irrational. It's gaslighting. I mean, it... Now, the problem for Democrats here is that uh, they have been doing this sort of dismissing, this sort of apologia, this, uh, uh, this equating. They've been doing this for months now, right? This is why they focus on whether Tom Tillis took his mask off at Donald Trump's speech at the White House. Meanwhile, on the other side of the White House outside, there's you know thousands of people in the streets all dancing and coughing on each other and nobody cares, right? The media doesn't care about that. Media sees all of the... Uh, the reopened protesters uh, out there protesting and they're like, you got to wear masks. You want grandma to die. But then you've got, you know, thousands of people in the streets. Um, and uh, if that mass gathering is for the Black Lives Matter movement, then you never hear any kind of concern about the spread of COVID. Like this is the kind of double standard that we have been subjected to now for three months. It's a form of mental abuse. It is gaslighting. That's a form of mental abuse. And eventually people they grow tired of it. I'm not sure media folks are aware of this, but eventually people become so tired of it, they lash out at you. Yeah, it's it can be very dangerous. So the problem that the Democrats are now faced with is you got to condemn the violence without alienating a lot of your voters, without alienating your base, because you don't want these people showing up at your house, right? Because they will, right? The monster has been uh, juiced up with the electricity at this point, and it's now running through the village, right? You, you're going to maybe try to chase it down and try to coax it back home, but uh, I'm not so sure that's going to work <laughs> at this point. I do know this. If you're trying to find a mattress, then Mattress Man is the place to go. 
That's where I got my mattress. We got it. Christy and I got this mattress probably, what, eight years ago or so. We love it. It's a king-size memory foam mattress. It's the most comfortable bed we've ever slept on, and we highly recommend uh, the memory foam. But maybe you want an inner spring mattress. That's totally fine. I'm not judging. Inner spring mattresses are uh, great, too. I've had in the past as well a pillow top mattress. Those are really comfortable, too. Um, People sleep differently, and so they require a different kind of mattress depending on how they sleep. And the sleep consultants at Mattress Man can help you find the right mattress for you. They have the triple zero financing sale going on, zero down, zero APR for up to 24 months, so interest-free for two years, and zero payments for 90 days. They also have a queen-size gel memory foam mattress for $3.99 and a free bedding bundle, including sheets, protectors, and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses. So go into any of their four stores in Asheville, Arden, Hendersonville, uh, or go online, mattressmanstores.com, five-star local delivery service. Uh, They do ship nationwide and a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, buy local, and sleep better. So Joe Biden's campaign tweets out over the weekend that the deadly violence we saw overnight in Portland is unacceptable. Shooting in the streets of a great American city is unacceptable. I condemn violence of every kind by anyone, whether on the left or the right, and I challenge Donald Trump to do the same. Huh. Well, that sounds like a, uh, that sounds almost like a uh, all sides kind of statement, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds kind of like an all lives matter. No, no, you got to say black lives matter. Well, I think all lives matter. No, 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 that's racist. You got to say all you got to say black lives matter. If you say all lives matter, then you're just trying to ignore the cause and you're minimizing the movement. But Joe Biden, he can put out a statement that says I condemn all violence of all kinds on every side because you know, it's it's violent and violence is bad. Okay. Kamala Harris then points out, I, I joined Joe Biden in condemning this violence. This cannot and must not be who we are. Americans deserve a president who will heal our country and bring people together, not fan the flames of hate and division. Now, what's interesting about Kamala Harris is that a couple of months ago, she helped amplify a fundraising effort for the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which was to post bail for people that were arrested in Minneapolis after they uh, after they rioted, right? Posting bail. This was Siraj Hashmi. He's a Washington Examiner uh, writer, and he says, posting bail for protesters arrested for civil disobedience is one thing, but the Minnesota Freedom Fund got people charged with violent crimes out on bail, and nobody batted an eye about it. No one was held accountable, and above all, no one hounded all of these public figures for promoting it. Why is that? Why is that? Tim Poole, an independent journalist, says we've been begging them, please stop, and now 33 people are dead. Last night in Portland, a Blue Lives Matter activist was executed in the street. They aren't negotiating in good faith. They want revolution and nothing else. And they're lying to us to advance that cause. Drew Holden is a writer at Resurgent, and he says at some point it would be nice if we talked about the fact that there appears to be a semi-professional class of people whose energies are spent creating riots across the country, right? Whenever uh, the right, whenever conservatives point this out, that like there are these people that appear to be professional protesters, it's always dismissed. It's laughed off as just you know ravings of the, of the crazy right. That's not true. That's insanity. 
Nobody does that. Well, hang on a second. There is a story. This is out of the New York Post. Activists from Seattle's Riot Kitchen were arrested in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do you remember what the Riot Kitchen was? This was set up in Seattle as part of the Chaz Chop, right, where they would feed people. Remember all the food that got donated to the to the riot kitchen? Um, these people who now have, they've got like three vehicles and they made their way to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they got arrested. They, they were filling up multiple gas cans uh, and law enforcement officials and unmarked cars took them into custody. A two-minute video clip shared last week by Riot Kitchen, a Seattle-based nonprofit group, shows officers. Isn't that yeah? That's the New York Post. Uh, shows officers in the southeastern Wisconsin city descending on a Toyota minivan with Oregon plates that held its bus crew uh, before they shattered a window and pulled out two people near a gas station. Uh, Riot Kitchen says, uh, "Look, all the gas is just for you know our our food truck and our generators and our bus. That's why we were getting all that gas." Okay, and that could be the case, by the way. I don't know. I have a question though: Who paid for all that? Where does the funding come for people like this to travel across the country in three vehicles and filling up gas cans for the effort for the food? You're supplying all this food free of charge because, you know, communism and all. So it's all free of charge to the rioters and you call it Riot Kitchen. So where's this money coming from? Is this from mom and dad or Trustafarian account, something like that? Or is somebody financing it? A tip from a citizen to Kenosha police led them to locate the vehicles identified by the department as a black school bus, a food truck and a minivan. Uh, They followed them to the gas station and police observed the occupants of the black bus and bread truck exit and attempt to fill multiple fuel cans. Suspecting that the occupants of these vehicles were preparing for criminal activity related to the civil unrest, officers attempted to make contact and investigate. The officers then exited their vehicles and identified themselves before detaining people inside the bus and the food truck. The minivan tried to escape. However, Kenosha police stopped that vehicle and ultimately forced entry into the minivan and arrested the occupants. And what did they find in the riot food truck, the riot kitchen? What did they find? Oh, I'm sure they found some food, no doubt. The minivan also had uh, helmets, gas masks, protective vests, illegal fireworks, and suspected controlled substances. In all, nine people were arrested on disorderly conduct charges. Um, They said, we don't have guns, we don't have weapons, we're there to feed the people, and that's it. Is it it? Is that it really, though? Kenosha police reported 175 people got arrested during the unrest, and of the 175, 102 of them have addresses outside of Kenosha, Wisconsin. So what's up with that? What's up with your website, by the way? Do you know how to even run that thing? Are you able to get people to find it with search engine optimization? Do you have any idea what I'm even saying? Are these like, is this like a foreign language? (laughs) Well, uh, you need to call my friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. 
Okay, you probably know everything about your business, but you might not know everything about website design and development and maintenance. Great design can actually solve a lot of a website's problems. Professional services, corporate, small businesses, and entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help all of you with graphics, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He does logos. He did mine. I like it. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Chandler Pappas, who was in Portland next to his friend Aaron Danielson, who was shot and killed uh, by this Antifa person, allegedly, um, he was asked about whether or not there was any kind of confrontation that occurred beforehand. He says, no, they were just walking down the street and he heard somebody say, hey, there are some Trumpers, you know, get them. And they turned and then the next thing, two shots ring out and his friend is dead. Again, this was from the YouTube uh, interview. Uh, from the Common Sense Conservative. Saw a fair bit of blood. Um, ended up finding a, a hole right in his chest, right just uh, to the right of his heart. Um, he had no pulse, and at that point, Antifa medics, which some of them, to their credit, really do go out there to try to help people, but they came to intervene and try to affect whatever kind of help they could, and that lasted for all of eight seconds and a little bit of arguing because I wasn't sure if they were going to try to finish the job or try to try to kill me and uh and thankfully the police were right around the corner so you asked Donald Trump to send troops when 90 days ago and that's a wrap for today's episode uh please remember subscribe to the podcast and if you want to give it a positive review I appreciate that maybe become a patron of the program you get cool stuff and exclusive content. Links are all at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast. Thanks so much for your support. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Bye.